Welcome to PPC 101, the show that trains and teaches you the fundamental basics and news about paid digital marketing. Get informed, enlightened, and inspired with our hosts who will give you all the beginner's information you need. Listen for our weekly tips and learn from our expert marketers. Cranberry Radio proudly presents PPC 101 with your hosts, David Ogletree and Amber Terrell. Welcome to PPC 101 on Cranberry.fm. I'm your host, David Ogletree from WME Training, and my co-host is Amber Turrell Gomez from White Coat Digital. Hello, Amber. How are you doing? Hello, David. I'm living the dream. Living the dream. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Now, this is our first episode of PPC Woo-hoo! 101, and uh, so I thought we'd introduce ourselves. Amber, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself um, and your experience in, uh, in paid advertising, and then I'll give a little bit after that. Hello, my friends. I have been doing pay-per-click for about 10 years, and currently I am the funnel engineer at a fine company called White Coat Digital, whitecoatdigital.com, if you're interested in checking it out or checking me out. And my experience in pay-per-click has run the gambit from first, second-tier networks to disapproved ads to badly misspelled headlines <laughs> to just about everything that you can think of. So I'm really excited to be a part of this. And uh, Dave, I would like to hear a little about you, if you would tell our audience. Sure. I'm David Ogletree, and my company is WME Training, Web Marketing Experts, WMETraining.com. I've been working in digital marketing since 2003, back before AdWords even really was much of a thing. And uh, and I started off doing SEO and pay-per-click. And uh, I've actually been a, a host. I've actually been on the other side of this. I was a listener. I was part of the original group that was listening to, to Webmaster Radio before it became Cranberry Radio. Back um, in the day. Yeah, SEO Rockstars was kind of the big show back then. And uh, I was part of a you know a chat group, and we you know we all talked, and it was you know it was a, a fun times. You know I've actually been a guest on a few shows with Greg Nyland on uh, Good Karma or Good ROI, and uh, I've been on um, Webcology, and uh, I think some other shows I can't remember. But you're uh, famous. You're famous. Yeah. So and I've spoken at a few conferences like PubCon, and uh, I've been working in the industry you know since 2003, and I I just I'm kind of a PPC wonk. I love pay-per-click. I've been working on it so long. Um, you know, I read all the white papers. I read, you know, I'm constantly digging through and finding new stuff. And uh, today, what we're kind of going to cover today, we're going to talk a little bit first. We're going to talk about news. And then we're going to talk about the history of pay-per-click. We're going to kind of go through a timeline and just kind of, you know, to, in, in the spirit of the show, the PPC 101, kind of letting people know what things used to be like and where they're going and that kind of thing. I just want to correct you, actually. Let me just stop you right there. On one point, PPC Wonk, you are a PPC Yoda. So I think it's important that the audience knows that you actually make magic happen. Like your blood is actually pay-per-click. People should probably know that, right? Yeah. So, um, and Amber's going to talk a little bit about the history of Facebook as well. The first thing I want to talk about, though, is the news. One of the the biggest news coming out of pay-per-click recently is called uh, campaign-level audiences added to the campaign level as opposed to the ad group level. This is a little bit advanced, probably a little beyond the PPC 101, but if you've ever created a display network and you have your audiences, 
you had to do them for each individual ad group. Now you can add them once at the campaign level instead of each each time after that. And, so here's um, the question. Let me actually let me actually just ask you this question because I want our beginner pay per click folks to know that, in my opinion, and you can disagree with me, so much of what's done is not just about user experience; it's about a money grab. So let's ask ourselves the $48 million question, which is, how is that campaign level audience targeting make Google more money? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it allows them to, you know, for people to make the mistakes, actually, of, of putting an audience on things they didn't mean to. Of course, that that's kind of the, the a lot of times where they make money. So you have to be careful with it. Make sure you yeah. don't um, catch ad groups you didn't mean to add them to. Um, it's also really good for uh, negative audiences. So if you're going to be adding a negative audience, that'll help you as well. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is uh, back in October, it's a little little old. It's not brand new news, but it's something that a lot of people missed and didn't realize happened. Um, Google added the thing called messenger ad extensions. And what this means is that on cell phones, Normally, right now, if you have a phone number added, an ad extension with a phone number, you can click on it and it calls somebody. Well, now you can have a new button or that says send a message. And so you can actually, people can send a text message. You know, they don't want to, you know, they're at work, or they don't want to, or they're in school or something. They don't want to um, let people know that they're on their phone. They can actually just send a text to you as opposed to calling you. Right. And, and I thought that was really a great, uh, especially for like service guys. People, you know, exactly. since, yeah, people that have their small businesses and, you know, their repair dudes, you know, it's really good for that. And you can also use services. Uh, there are some services out there, the text messaging, and you can uh, email. It's actually surprising if you think about it, Dave, how long it's taken them to adopt this. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, you and I talk on the phone, but how often do you really want to call people and and make some sort of transaction happen with them? Like, let me give you an example. Tried to buy insurance today, health insurance. Just about every plan that I looked at, I had to call somebody and I'm like, oh, my God, I really don't want to be on the phone with this person. So I, I think that when Google makes changes like these for our beginners, it's it's really important to just reflect on on how that is going to change the industry as a whole. Like if Google's doing it, Google is recognizing that this is how people are using technology and we can expect more of the same in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I do the same thing with Craigslist. I mean, I, I mean, sometimes people put their phone number and I just text them, you know, um, and, and that's really right? good to use. And, and this is something you're going to hear me, hear me say a lot in every episode. Probably I'm going to mention um, any time that you can add something to your to the real estate of your ad, uh, you're going to get a higher click through rate, a higher response rate. So right. this literally adds another thing. You know, it could push down your your competitor. You know, it's it's you know you the real estate that you take up. The more you take up, the better. The CTR is always going to be better. And that brings us to the next one I was going to talk about. Expanded um, text ads. Yeah, expanded text ads. That is something most people should know about at this point. But if you missed it, um, it is, um, it's going to be the, the law of the land coming here January 31st uh, next year. You will no longer be able to create the old ads where you had uh, 25 characters for a title and then two 35-character descriptions. Now you have to do 
the expanded text ads. Now, if you have um, the old ads, it's not going to go away. What they do is they convert it to an expanded text ad, fill in the 80 you have now to create your new your new expanded text ad. You have a 30-character title and then a second 30-character title and then an 80-character description, which is so much more real estate. And a lot of people really haven't got into this. I'm still seeing tons and tons of um, ads that have not converted. So uh, it's you guilty. Could st- yeah, you could. St- <laughs> you, yeah, especially on big accounts, it's hard to do. So you can get exactly. in on you can get in early on this, and it will help you to get higher click through rates. Every single account I've done this on, the click through rates have gone up. You know, some a little bit, some a lot. Um, it, it's really, really helpful, and it's something you really have got to look at. Um, it can help your account quite a bit. Plus, when you create new ads, you're not going to be able to use them any the old kind anymore. So let me ask you a, a quick question, Dave, just to clarify a point. So if you can't create these ads after the 31st of January next year, does that also apply to new advertisers, brand new accounts that have not started yet with Google AdWords? Sure, yeah. I mean, literally nobody can do it. I mean, it, it will. Um, but they said that before, actually. So there is a chance that they may extend it because <laughs> they actually had a, another that they and they that passed, and so now it's January thirty first. If enough people complain, they may just ex- keep extending it. You never know. But right now they have a hard date of January thirty first, two thousand seventeen. Awesome. Okay, so get those in. Is the yeah. moral of the story there? Yeah, and and like I said, you know, you go from you know, very few characters to a whole bunch more and kind of a little antidote I can give you. It's been kind of, I don't know if whenever you're creating new ads, one of the things I've always run into was I create the perfect title and I'm like, it's 26 characters. You know, that was the most frustrating thing. (laughs) Every day PPC life hashtag. Yeah. So uh, the new ones now, so I'm like, Oh, this is going to be great. So I'm down there and I write the most perfect ad and it's 31. I'm like, Oh really? Okay. (laughs) I can't win. (laughs) <laughs> so, but you know, it's still 30 is still way better than 25, but uh, it's just uh, a lot better. And so the next segment we're going to go into, we're going to talk a little bit about history. Um, I've, I've been working in AdWords since 2003. Amber, you said you started around 2008 or so. Is that right? It was about 2008. Yeah. Cool. So, um, before I got involved, there was a thing called goto.com. And they were kind of the precursor. There, there. I think there was another company before that, but that was the first real big one, and that's the first one that most people remember is GoTo.com. It eventually turned into something called Overture. Now, Overture fed um, GoTo.com, and it also fed Yahoo. And so back then, Yahoo.com was a big deal. Um, it had a lot more. You know, it was a lot closer to Google back then. Um, you know, as far as traffic. So, and this was the days of penny clicks. So you could bid on your term and you could bid a penny. You know, you might pay, you know, anywhere from a penny to five cents a click. It wasn't real expensive at that time. The good old days. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were dollar clicks, but you know, it was, you know, in the normal areas that were more expensive, but generally just about everything was really cheap. Overture became Yahoo ad. This is kind of a funny story. So Overture, it was go to then Overture. And then it became Yahoo Ads, which later became Microsoft Ad Center, which later became Microsoft Bing Ads. So it's changed names quite a bit. So what was originally GoTo and Overture is now Bing Ads because um, every single one of those was connected to Yahoo. And as you know, Bing, ser- Bing Ads serves Yahoo and Google. So 
Now, the history starts out, we have AdWords, October of 2000. Uh, they had a beta test of 350 advertisers. And um, if you were around back then, you'll remember that um, it was kind of hard to get into. I mean, we, we actually, I worked at a law firm at the time, and we could not get into it. You had to know somebody. It wasn't the easiest thing to get involved with. Um, there was a thing called Google Premium Sponsorships. Um, it came before AdWords. They sold banners on a CPM basis. So there was no such thing as PPC back then, It was, or at least with Google it wasn't. And so CPM means cost per thousand. So you would put up your ad, and so you're paying for impressions. Now we pay for clicks, but back then you paid for impressions. You know, there was only, you know, maybe one or two ads continued back in 2003. So the AdWords that we know now came about in 2002. AdWords Select. Uh, now they call it just AdWords, and it was called AdWords Select. They added CPC advertisement. You know, there was kind of a ranking. Advertised ranking was a quality score. So, so what you did is you had your bid plus the times the CTR. That became your position and what you paid. And um, so that was different. Overture was really easy. You just bid and you got in a place. There was nothing. And Google added the ability for you know, ranking to be based on more of a quality score kind of thing. It was kind of a precursor to quality score, and you had click-through rate was involved with pay-per-click. They didn't give you any numbers like this. You just had to, you know, had, had to guess. Uh, in 2000, <laughs> yeah. So uh, March in 2003, AdSense was launched, um, but it was called Content Targeting Advertising. The only problem with this was, this is the content network that we know now. The problem with this was you were opted into it and you could not opt out of it. So, you know, all of a sudden your numbers went up and you were advertising on other random websites as opposed to Google. Um, if you, if you can imagine now, that would be a nightmare. But back then, <laughs> you know, back then, it, you know, it wasn't too big of a deal. There weren't that many uh, public AdSense wasn't available yet. So it was just sites that Google made agreements with. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But let's actually back up and and talk to our listeners a little bit who may not be familiar with the AdSense program. Sure. Yeah, AdSense. Um, basically, it's you know where Google puts their ads on another website outside of Google. Um, nowadays, it's you know anything you know a blog. Um, you, I mean, any person can create a website and put Google AdSense on it and make some money. Google um, charges the advertisers uh, amount. And then they split the money with um, the uh, the publisher. So back then, though, it was probably more like um, you know bigger bigger websites like news websites and more websites that you've heard of as opposed to just Joe's blog. Right. That was an interesting time. You know, all of a sudden, your people were complaining left and right. They're like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> I have all this terror." And so in 2004, AdWords finally changed it. Now you can opt out of it. And unfortunately, back to what we talked about earlier about Google making money, they <laughs> opted you into it, but you could opt out of it. So it, I mean, I've, I've personally had a few horror stories and I know a lot of other people did where they, you know, create a new campaign and wasn't really thinking about it and missed that little checkbox and boom, they spent like, you know, a thousand dollars the next day on accident. If they had a, a big, um, a big budget set, you know, if you had exactly. smaller, but you know, if you had a smaller budget, it wasn't a problem, but I've worked with accounts that had some pretty large budgets and it got, you know, hogged up real fast with the content network. 
just think and think about that, you guys. This is such a common problem with AdWords that we've seen over the last 10 years. Dave, Dave even longer, right? Like that yeah. one little box that stays checked, that one little keyword that you might have missed a decimal place on when you're, you know, doing regular bidding and you're not bidding for toward a CPA. It's, it's just crazy. I think back in our, our days at an agency, Dave, didn't we have some like a horror story where somebody accidentally spent $10,000 of a client's money over a weekend? Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that can happen. Yeah. I mean, I think anybody who's been in this for a long time, certainly back in those days remembers, um, it's a little harder now because you actually can create a search only network and it's impossible. You know, if you create a search only network, it's a, a, campaign it's impossible to put the content network in there so um, and that's a quick tip there always separate your search and content campaigns I, I they you have the ability to create one that has both but I generally always try to keep my types of campaigns separate right I mean in campaign settings Dave's done some excellent work on talking about the biggest money wasters in AdWords and those campaign settings y'all they can kill you. They can get you if you're not targeting to the right place, if you don't know where your ads are going. So, I mean, I, I don't really know if, if we're going to, over time, build this cumulative list of AdWords tips, but my number one AdWords tip would be know your campaign settings front and backwards, know where you're targeting, know who you're talking to exactly. Right. So the next year is 2005. Quite a quite a few things happened in 2005. That was kind of a big year. Um in uh, August, quality score and quality-based minimum bids was added. Now, this affected me directly because I was making money uh, doing what you call arbitrage. You know, I was buying traffic and sending it to another place. Well, Google added the minimum bids. Um, you know, I was getting away with paying, you know, less than a dollar a click, around a, around a dollar a click. And then all of a sudden, the minimum bids went up to 10. So I couldn't, I couldn't uh-huh. you know, it was pay to play. And this is this was legal, right? Or was was yeah. this in other verticals? Oh God, legal, yeah. No, actually, this was financial. Um, it was financial at the time, so um, I was selling credit cards or something like that. And oh, yeah. so and so um, so quality quality scores uh, quality score already kind of existed. They just kind of said, yeah, here they they kind of made it official. Um, and there's always been some kind of a quality score, um, but they. You know, you know, they're always changing the algorithm and, and you know, added more to it. Um, so the, the quality-based minimum bids, that was a – it's still a problem. You know, I still see uh, – it's not as bad as it was back in 2005, but, you know, it's still an issue. Um, things are – you know, I've gotten a lot better since then, and we'll cover, you know, quite a bit of that. Um, there's still no metric for quality score. It just, you know, Google just says that it exists. You know, there's no numbers like we have now, the 1 through 10 – um, they just let us know that it exists. You know, the old way was bid times CTR. So now it's bid times CTR times quality score. I mean, and also something different then was that quality score meant that your show, your ad showed or didn't show. It didn't really affect so much as the ranking. It either showed or didn't show. And um, later that year, though, they decided to add a little bit more to it. They added the landing page quality score. And that's still important. People don't realize that their landing page is actually um, – affected by that. Now, the next thing they added was separate bids for the content network. Before, this was just an on and off switch. You know, you either content network or no content. Now, you could actually, and this was a big deal. You know, I mean, content network wasn't worthless, but it certainly wasn't worth, you know, if you're bidding $5 on a keyword, you don't want to bid $5 on a content network keyword. Yeah, God. 
So 2005, that was a big, big help when they added that. That was very useful. Uh, 2006, they introduced webs- Website Optimizer. This was interesting. I remember this was back when I started taking the um, the AdWords tests, you know, to be certified. And, and that was a big part of one of the tests. I remember uh, the Website Optimizer. And so what this meant was that you could actually do A-B testing on your landing pages. And uh, this is now known as campaign drafts and experiments. Um and it was a really useful thing. You can still do this now. Uh, it's just don't call. It's not called website optimizer. Some of the old old school people like me still call it that, but it's not actually anywhere in the you know in AdWords anymore. It's but it's called something else. And then 2006 was also a wonderful time because that's when the AdWords editor was released. Um, oh my God! No more manual keyword changes or yeah bid changes over and over again for an hour. Yeah. And so we need to take a bit of break and pay the bills. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about AdWords Editor and cover some more PPC history. And Amber is going to cover a little bit of um, Facebook history as well. So we'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in. Time to pay homage to our sponsors. More PPC 101 when we come back. Looking for a white label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrand. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Content for your ears and everything in between. Cranberry.fm We're back to bring you the basics of digital marketing on PPC 101, only on Cranberry Radio. And welcome back to PPC 101 on Cranberry.fm. I'm your host, David Ogletree from WME Training. My co-host is Amber Turo Gomez from White Coat Digital. Hey, Hey, so um, when we left, we were talking about the history of Google AdWords and pay-per-click in general, and we had kind of started talking a little bit about AdWords Editor 
Uh, yeah, yes. It, yes. It's um, if you haven't used AdWords editor, it still exists. You know, some of these things we talk about kind of have changed. And I'll try to mention that when it when it something that's gone away, like the website optimizer we spoke about before. So um, AdWords editor, you know, it came out. It was a pretty simple program. But man, it, it just gave us so many more options. So what AdWords Editor is, is it allows you to download a program onto your computer, or your PC or your Mac, and you can you know work in AdWords basically offline. So which is which is really nice. Um, I've really enjoyed mine. Do you, you still use it, Amber? I still use it. Um, I I still hate it. My hatred of AdWords Editor. Like I understand what it's for, and it's been very efficient on large accounts. But I do have a a black evil place in my heart for AdWords <laughs> editor. Um, it crashes a lot. Or yeah, did. it does. It does. It still <laughs> I'm does. Like God, why? <laughs> and sometimes doesn't save all your changes. So are you listening yeah. to me, AdWords? You make it better. Yeah, I haven't had. I don't think I've ever lost anything. Usually, I come back and it's still there. Um, <laughs> that's that's that luck. That Ogletree luck you got. Yeah, well, I use the Mac version too. Maybe it's better. I don't know. <laughs> it's not better. <laughs> so, um, one of the things I use AdWords Editor for is um, I have uh, some clients. I have a client that I do some work for that we um, we basically copy the account because we get new clients in different states and cities. But essentially, they're doing exactly the same thing, and that is really useful. I'll open up and paste it into into AdWords Editor, and then make the the little changes. If you've got a really good set of keywords in another account that's similar or ad groups or, or whatever, you can just copy those over, just Control-C, Control-V, move them over. It's really nice. Um, I, I really use it a lot for that. Of course, if you're on a plane or something, offline is really great. <laughs> it's really great. That's such a David problem to have. Like I'm on my, I'm on my luxury Learjet just moving no. over this ad group. Mm-hmm. So anyway. that was 2000. That was 2006. So 2007 added. Now we have a metric for quality score. They added have three levels. So we have Ooh. poor, okay, and great. So you know now we have ten, but back then it was only three. It's still kind of nebulous, you know. And and really, the big thing about quality score from the very beginning has always been click through rate. That, you know, uh, and then they've just improved how they figure that out. You know, they've made it better and better. Something interesting, and I actually didn't know this. I was going into some of the history, uh, you know, kind of catching up on some of these things. In 2007, they added something called uh, the, they added the Mac CPC is now considered in the rank formula. Hmm. And so what the, what this means is before they only looked at what you're going to pay. So if you're if you're if you've bid a dollar, but you're only click through, you're they're only considered the 50 cents because you're only paying 50 cents. Well, now they're actually going to look at the Mac CPC. So they, right. so yeah, so that was really nice uh, to add that in there because, and then people had to make sure. You know, when they change happened, people had to be careful because some people would put in, you know, they might put in fifty dollars when they're only paying five or ten because they just want to always be number one, and you know, it never went to fifty dollars. But now it was being considered. You had to be careful with just, you know, people don't do that anymore. But in the old days, it yeah. wasn't unusual to actually put in a, a really high number, you know, just to make sure that you pegged it at number one. Or do you remember, like, this isn't necessarily about bidding, but do you remember when people wanted to spend $300 a month and had, like, $10,000 campaign budgets? 
<laughs> Remember those days? Those were the best days because they're like, well, we heard that we heard that you'll never hit the ceiling. And the more your budget, more your budget is, the more visibility you get. And we're like, oh, God, <laughs> because yeah. when you optimize an account and you do it the right way, you're going to start to hit that ceiling. Right. And sure. uh, then they're spending 10 grand and then they hate you. So, yeah, yeah, and that's that's where that we got we talked about before with the content network. People would get in trouble because they had these yeah, big old, exactly. you, know, you know, these big old uh, campaign budgets. Um, and also now, uh, you, know, I'm, you know, this is kind of a little tip, you know, it's real careful to set your budgets correctly and don't set your budget to, you know, just divide the month by 30 or 31. And that's what your budget is for that. Your daily budget is you have to kind of consider, you know, what if Monday and Tuesday is a hundred dollars and Wednesday and Thursday is 20, you know, so you have to make sure that you end up with the right number at the end of the month and, uh, and do that correctly. I mean, I can get too deep into that, but that, that's a, yeah. a little tip there. <laughs> yeah. And let's, let's just visit this particular year. What year are we on? We're on 2007. We're still on 07. This was the year when all of a sudden <laughs> quality score, computed in terms of the quality of your landing page, people started to be like, why is it that this glitter unicorn pony gift thing <laughs> is making people bounce from my webpage? Like it's, I know it's 2007, but my webpage still looks like an angel fire piece of crap from 1999. So why yeah, is it my, that people are bouncing? Yeah, I think MySpace <laughs> was still around back then. You know, people were still trying to make their sites look like MySpace. Uh, yeah, and they were, and you, you know, you back in those days, you'd go and tell a client, you'd be like, well, you know, if you're selling cars, your website really shouldn't have, you know, an animated GIF of you and your family like, yeah. <laughs> driving down the street in the car. I've seen some stuff, y'all, some real stuff. So yeah. those were the days when you had to tell clients, well, you got to redo your website, and they hated you after. Yeah. So, um, and also in 2007, uh, Google, I think I remember what year it was. I think it, it might have been the year before, right, right around this time, Google bought YouTube. So Ooh. in 2007, they finally added the ability to put ads on YouTube. So you could now have your ads showing up on YouTube. Now we can have video only campaigns. And uh, YouTube is a big part of, should be a part of it, in most people's campaigns. Um, and that was 2007 when that's started if you can imagine a time there was a time when you couldn't advertise on youtube gasp yeah <clears throat> now um page load time is now become a factor oh, in quality God. score this is 2008 so we talked about it was it 2006 they added qu the quality score to the landing page but back then you could have a five megabyte landing page and google didn't care well now they do and and they still do this is still important for seo and for pay-per-click Load so why is, is really it important? important? Why why does Google care? Let's go over that. Why does Google care? Well, you know, I watched a video from Marissa Meyer years and years ago, and she she was part of Google Maps rollout, and um, she talked about how that they were able to reduce the page the page load time quite a bit. You know, it you know they were talking about reducing it down to a hundred megabytes or no hundred kilobytes. I'm sorry, hundred kilobytes, and how much that increased their click-through rate and their conversion rates. And people have done all kinds of tests, and I don't think anyone's ever done a test and it came out differently. If your page load times are better, you're going to increase 
your bounce rates. You're going to, I mean, you're going to improve your bounce rates as opposed to lowering it. Actually, you're going That's to right. improve your conversion rates. You're going to improve your time on site. People think, well, you know, no one's on AOL anymore. Dial-up's dead. We can make the biggest website we want to now. <laughs> That's not true. First off, there That's are people true. still on it. First off, there still are people on AOL. Second, there are. Um, even if there weren't, the issue is, I don't know if you've ever been to a, a big corporation or an office anywhere and gotten on the internet and you're like, oh, the internet's slow today. Well, there are a lot of people that are dealing with that. Their internet is slow. They're at home. They have two kids watching Netflix, and and uh, all of a sudden their internet's really slow. So uh, even though everybody has these ridiculous download times, they don't always have those download times. So you have to assume that people don't have good download times. Well, and hello, we're talking about mobile. I mean, yeah. you're out in your car and you have no access to Wi-Fi and you're trying to load something. Sometimes if you're in the wrong spot, it's like, you know, the days right before Napster where it took 24 hours to download a GIF. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. we're old. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. I mean, and keep in mind, y'all, Google is constantly optimizing for user experience. And on top of that, the user experience is now becoming more mobile. How many full scroll pages have you seen? We used to read from left to right on the sites that that we worked for clients because that's how, you know, left to right, people read from left to right, then they get to the conversion opportunity. Well, now so many people are on cell phones that you're just straight scrolling down to that conversion opportunity. So the the way that Google treats pages and the way that we use pages just as a population changes so quickly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I cannot stress anymore how important page load time is. I mean, I know you love your pictures and you want to have 15 pictures of your front of the front of your store or whatever it is. Um, it, it's not important. Don't do uh, it. Yeah, it's really not that important. Um, it's so important to get your website as fast as humanly possible. Yes, um, don't be that guy with the crappy slow website. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it's not just. I mean, there's a lot of people who think, well, I do have a fast website. Well, you know, the Ping Dom says I only take 1.3 seconds. Well, Ping Dom is coming from a you know a, a backbone. You know, you know, go get a bad connection on your cell phone or something. Go to go get a 4G connection or 3G <laughs> connection and see how much fast it loads. Exactly. Um, you'd be shocked how much it will improve your you know your click through rates, your uh, you know all those other stats. Your conversion, the big one being the conversions, of course. Um. That's, I mean, we could do a whole show on that, and we will, actually. And we um, will. <laughs> so, and another thing in 2008 was quality score is now calculated in real time. So, this is something new. It used to be, you know, you know, stuff you did to affect the CTR, you know, they just did it every so often. I'm not sure how often they did it, but it certainly wasn't in real time. But in 2008, they started doing that in real time, just like SEO now, where they're, you know, they're they're doing a lot of this stuff and in, in almost real time or pretty much real time, you know, making changes to your website, you know, can, can, uh, can be affected in SEO as well pretty quickly and pay-per-click as well. Not that that means you should make changes every day. No, no. Yeah. That's Don't a whole make other. changes every day. Yeah. That's a whole nother. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother show too. Um, you yep. know, be careful, you know, if you're going to make a bunch of changes, you know, wait a week, um, you know, the, see what happens. Um, because if you're constantly making changes, the account never has a chance to catch up. Because when you make a change, any when you make a big change on your account or even a small change, um, you've now affected the whole 
environment. Because, you know, remember, there's seven other advertising you're going up against. You've made a change. They might reflectively make a change. And so it takes a while for everything to situate. Um, you don't panic, you know, if it doesn't <laughs> change immediately. You know, give it a few days at least. I, I recommend a week. Trust us. Oh, my God. Please trust us on this. Don't yeah. be the person that makes changes every day <laughs> to your AdWords account. That's, you know what? I'm going to move aside my number one AdWords tip and make that my number one AdWords tip. Can you co-sign me on that? <laughs> yep. So in 2009, <laughs> in 2009, they had a thing called product extensions and site links were added. Woohoo. Yep. Site links were pretty neat. Um, you know, this goes to the whole real estate thing we talked about before. Now you take up more room. The more room you take up, the better it is. So um, use use those ad extensions, right, Amber? Please use your ad extensions. Don't don't be like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So every time you add an ad extension, you're going to improve your CTR. It's just it, right. it's been proven over and over again. It always works. Even if people don't click on your ad extensions, you're just taking up more room yeah. and push pushing down your competitor. You know, you got to push down that competitor. Um so um, so they added the extensions in 2009, 2010. They introduced a list of a lot of new features, actually. 2010 was a really big year. Um, I actually took a little bit of time off in 2010, and I came back a little bit a, few, uh, you know, a year or two later, and all of a sudden, AdWords was completely different. <laughs> yep, and all of a sudden, remarketing. Yep. Call so the first tracking. Thing, yep, a lot of things. You want to go through the list? You want You want to do it? Um, yeah, why not? So let's talk about ad extensions. Can you give the folks a, a nice rundown of ad extensions? Oh, sure. Um, site links, we one that we already kind of talked about. Um, and also you have to remember some of these extensions, I'm going to go through all of them right now just that exist, but in 2010, they only added a few of these, not all of them. Some of these extensions are fairly new. Like I said earlier in the show, one of them's brand new, just came out a few months ago. Um, site links extensions um, was added. Um, and then there's another thing called call out extensions. I don't think that, I know that didn't exist back then, but that's one now. And then there was um, the structured snippet. That's a fairly new one as well. Call extensions, I right. think that was added at the same time. It was, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, messenger extension we just talked about. Um, location extensions. I can't remember if that existed back then or not, but it's it's not that new. It may have been added a few years later or something, but location extensions where it shows your address, which is really wonderful. Really got to do that. Price extensions, that's a fairly new one as well. And the review extensions, those are all pretty new, but there's a lot of, there's just a million of them now. It's, it's really right. amazing all the extensions it is amazing. we have. Um, but I, I recommend using every single one that you can. Now, don't just use them for the heck of it. You need to make sure it's something that's useful, like location extension. That's one that there's a debate on if you should use it or not for some people. I mean, if you're a truly a local company advertising, you know, use it for sure. But if you're a national company, you know, sometimes you got to be careful. But Google's also right. gotten good about not showing it unless you're nearby. So that's another, you know, there's, we could do a whole show on location extensions and we will. And um, we will. <laughs> um, cool. Can I talk about enhanced CPC? Sure. Enhanced CPC is my jam and has been ever since it was instituted because it's, it's super amazing. It's a new bid strategy that Google rolled out in this specific year when they did all their other nifty stuff. And this is a big bid strategy that's going to adjust your bids for clicks that seem 
more likely to lead to a sale. Now, in order to use enhanced cost per click strategy, you had to have some sort of conversion tracking in your account. And how many of us are still in 2016, just about to be 2017, yelling at clients that don't have some type of (laughs) conversion tracking in place? So you couldn't use it unless you were tracking leads or some kind of sales. But it basically works by looking for auctions that are more likely to lead to sales. And then it's going to raise your max bid. What is it, Dave? I think up to 30%, is it? I think so. With Um, 30%, yeah, to try to get you that conversion. So once Google knows what converts, it it can just try to raise that bid at peak times to get you additional conversions that you may not have been able to get if your CPC wasn't enhanced. Right. Another thing you have to remember, it doesn't lower your bid. It will will only raise it. Always increase it, right? And and that makes sense because if it lowered your bid, well... (laughs) (laughs) you drop out of the auction in some cases. So yeah, enhanced is always going to be more, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're correct. It is 30%. I looked it up. (laughs) I just, uh, the way I remember it is that it raises bids. I don't really really remember the details of that. Yeah, enhanced bid is is great. You know, any time that you can have Google help you with that stuff, it's good. That's right. Uh, so, but I mean, there's also another camp people say who don't like to use those things. So it just depends on, um, on your you know, vertical, so much yeah. on your vertical and, and other things yeah. and what your, you know, your cost per acquisition is in the first place. But yeah. any, anytime yeah. you're going to use a new feature in Google, go read up on it, understand it, uh, or, um, you know, you know, for months from now, you can actually go back and look at sh- uh, shows of our shows that talk about it. Cause we're going to talk a lot about, about all these things eventually. Um, you know, that's one of our, our goals is to help you understand pay-per-click better so that you could make more money. The next thing they added, yeah. which is my favorite thing on the planet, modified broad map. Yeah, yes. um, yeah, that is wonderful. So what this is, uh, you know, if you know what the broad, the, the match types are broad match means if you put in the word shoes, well, for me, a, a good example for me, you put in the word blinds, like window blinds, um, you will show up for the word blinds. You'll show up for uh, window blinds, custom window blinds install in New York. Or you'll also show up for the word Hunter Douglas, which obviously doesn't have the word blinds in it. That right. is pretty broad. That is pretty broad. <laughs> so can I give our audience perhaps so, the most entertaining example ever? Sure. Okay. Do you remember back in our agency days when we had a guy that sold three-way radios? Yeah. So what do you guys think is going to come back? (laughs) What kind of traffic do you think you're going to get into your AdWords account if you use the term three-way and you don't have a broad match modifier on the word radios? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Back in the day, y'all, those modifiers didn't exist, and our negatives list was a mile long, and – it would have made it would have made a woman of the night blush. <laughs> like, <laughs> some some of the stuff on that list was really yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. When you're creating negative lists, you have to end up using a few words you may not normally use. Mm. Uh, yeah. So modified broad match. Um, you take a word, you take a broad match, and you put a plus symbol in front of it. And what this does is it it gets rid of the st- stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with it. Um, Especially if you're using two or three words in your phrase, um, Google will only show it for a term that has those three words in it, and it has to be those three words, plus anything else before, after, in between them. That's fine. It's still broad match, and it still catches um, you know 
plurals and singulars and ing and you know all those kind of things and the past ten- different tenses as well you just don't get the wild broad match that's just out of the right. out of this world stuff um, I don't really recommend regular broad unless you're doing research. It's really good for research. You can find out things you didn't know about. Like if you put in blinds and you pull up Hunter Douglas, oh, wow, I didn't know that was a keyword. So, you know, it helps you find stuff. Um, and it can also be helpful to just if you need to spend money for some random reason, I guess that's a good idea. Um, it will certainly drain your credit card. Yeah, broad match will kill you. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I'm kind of I don't I don't want to say that I'm bad about that necessarily, but a lot of times when I start a new campaign, I'll always use modifiers and I'll always use negatives where it makes sense to. But a lot of times when you start a new campaign for a client, Dave, you don't know what's going to come in. Sure. You know, so sometimes unless it's something like blinds obviously, but sometimes you don't really know what traffic you're going to get until you flip that campaign switch on and you know, your ads are active and they're getting out there. So I think yeah. it's really important to remind the audience that they need to really constantly look at keywords, look at search query reports, um, look at whatever you can to determine the efficacy of your ads and make sure that you're not wasting money as a process. You don't right. want to just come to this at the very beginning and say, oh, okay, I'm not using broad ads or broad match. You, you have to keep testing, testing over and over again. Anyone that's not testing, the set it and forget it mentality is what wastes money. And, and Dave will tell you that straight up. And on that note, we're going to take a little bit of break to pay the bills and we'll be right back. Time to pay homage to our sponsors. More PPC 101 when we come back. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjorgeDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E-Digital.com. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Add some Cranberry Radio podcast to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. Cranberry Radio. It's it's good for you. Really. 
we're back to bring you the basics of digital marketing on PPC 101, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to PPC 101 on Cranberry.fm. I'm your host, David Ogletree from WME Training, and my co-host is Amber Turrell Gomez from White Coat Digital. Hiya. So we were talking about AdWords, and we were back on the year 2010, and we're coming pretty close to the end of the show, so we're just going to kind of cover a few of these little things left in 2010, and uh, and then I think next week we're going to continue to talk a little bit more about a few more years, and then we're also going to get into the Facebook with Amber. Sorry, Amber. We weren't able to get to it. Why you do this to me, David? <laughs> Why? So we talked about ad extensions, enhanced CPC, modified broad. We haven't mentioned automated rules. Yeah, I, I actually prefer to use scripts now, but back then automated rules is how you went. But um, I prefer to write my own uh, AdWords scripts. Remember, automated like, rules. was it, um, oh, God, Omniture and Equizio? kind of the Mm -hmm. early adopters that let you automate bids before Google let you do it. Yeah. The API has been around for a while. So yeah, Yeah. people people did the API back then actually. And so basically you can just automate certain things. Like if you're below a certain CTR, raise a bid, lower the bid, just, you know, you can automate quite a bit of stuff. Usually changing has to do with changing bids based on different. Uh, The next thing is remarketing. Um, I used a thing called, um, ad role with the company that I worked with. I'm not sure if they were there back then, back then, but so Google started adding remarketing and, and remarketing, if you don't know what it is, it's a wonderful tool. If someone awesome. clicks, clicks on your ad, goes to your website and then goes away without doing anything, um, you can then start following them around the world on the content network. So if they go visit Joe's blog, they're going to see your ad again and you pay considerably less. It's really nice. The next thing they added was the little stars. Um, this is something you have no control over so much, not direct control. They started showing a star rating, a seller rating, people who sold items. And um, that Google would just figure that out from their data right. and uh, add the little stars on there. So whatever – I mean the best thing you could do was be a good company and be polite to people. Um, of course, there are nightmare stories of people you know, being <laughs> stalked and that kind of stuff. Yeah. We'll talk, let's ad. talk about that in our Lifetime Television Network, PPC 101 edition, coming soon. <laughs> so next thing they added was uh, campaign experiments. Um, this is now known as campaign drafts and experiments. It's, it's kind of similar to the um, website optimizer, but you could actually create an, a campaign and simulate stuff. Do you, have you worked with that a little bit, Amber? I have. I definitely have. And um, I don't know. I <laughs> I typically find that my experiments don't always go as well as I'd like them to. <laughs> so I don't use experiments as much as I should. But, you know, that's going to be my New Year's resolution, Dave. I'm going to use campaign experiments all the time. Yeah, I need to as well. To yeah, I Are need to as well. Are you bad about it too? Yeah, like, I really uh, haven't. You know, I, I really as much as I should. But, um yeah, I remember when they added it, and uh, it's just not something. Of course, now they have drafts. Actually, they call it drafts, yeah. so it's a little bit different now. Um, they added call tracking, so this call was really tracking. nice. Yeah. Um, so before that, you had to spend a fortune on call tracking. Now Google offers it for free. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Mongoose Metrics, wasn't it? The very first company that they started out with, I think, in maybe oh six oh seven, or I am I know. making that up? Where they allowed you to get an eight hundred number and do. Um, mm-hmm. 
call routing, but it wasn't it wasn't the same kind of call tracking that they rolled out in 2010. So that the call tracking has been a process for Google as well. Yeah. Yeah, the, the new the new stuff they have now, they've actually not only have call tracking in the ads. A lot of people don't know this, and I only learned about it a few years ago. You can actually use call tracking on your website. So if you have a text phone number on your website, it has to be in text because uh, some people put an image and it won't work with that. You put a little piece of code on your website, Google will flip out that phone number, put in a free tracking number, and and only for AdWords traffic, of course. And it's amazing, you know. It's that costs a lot of money, and they're offering it to you for free. Um, right. It's a really great, a really great. Tell I me, mean, it's not completely free. I guess they charge you the clicks and stuff, but that's still useful. But still, um, technically free. <laughs> yeah, you would. You would. It doesn't cost anymore, really. Um, you would still be paying the same amount if you didn't do that. Right. Um, so it's really nice. Uh, the call tracking was really, really useful, and uh, I, I've used it over the years. And um, so if you have images, it doesn't work with I mean, you can actually write a script that will help you do it with images. But I really recommend doing text for your phone numbers. And I completely recommend that no matter what, even if you don't use this, um, especially with cell phones nowadays. I mean, Google has this whole mobile first thing going. And it's true. I mean, almost all of my clients, their mobile traffic is now way more, you know, at least 60 percent of their traffic now from AdWords, at least. And um, you need to make sure that your phone number is clickable. Yeah. Especially, especially on a cell phone. If you want to, you know, it's like it's just like a link. Like you have a link to to another web page or another page on your website. Your phone number is now a link as well. But instead of going to a web page, it calls on the cell phone as opposed to, um, or it goes into Skype or whatever. If on a desktop, it might actually. If you have a phone on your desktop through Skype or something, it will do it through there as well. Yeah. Um, so um, this is kind of we're getting close to the end of our inaugural show, Amber, and um, I think it's gone really good. Have you been? No, I'm disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't mean that. I don't. I always have a good time. So with we've you had today. a really good time. Yeah, this is going to be yeah. great, and I'm very excited to talk about Facebook. So let's let's make sure that we finish up next week. But I just I want people to feel like they can ask us questions, talk to us. Um, let us know what your AdWords woes are, and we, we're definitely geared up to do future shows on those. So thanks a lot. And also, I'm planning on putting a little bit, a few notes on my uh, wmetraining.com forward slash blog. Mm-hmm. Um, you can contact me at, at Ogletree on Twitter. What is your Twitter? Uh, Amber underscore Turrell, T-U-R-R-I-L-L. Well, thank you for joining us on uh, PPC 101. You can download the episodes of our programs by going to cranberryradio.fm or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and very soon on iHeartRadio. And also TuneIn. TuneIn, the app on your phone as well. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 